Welcome to the Helping Couples Heal podcast, a place for healing and hope for couples impacted by betrayal resulting from infidelity and or sex addiction. Your hosts are Marnie Breaker and Dwayne Osterland, licensed marriage and family therapists, certified sex addiction therapists, and founders of respective treatment centers in Long Beach, Los Angeles, and San Diego, California. Marnie and Dwayne co-created Helping Couples Heal, a comprehensive program for couples recovering from betrayal trauma, including an in-person two-day workshop, an online aftercare program, and this podcast series is the first component of the program. Thank you for listening. Marnie and Dwayne are committed to helping you recover from the devastating impact of betrayal trauma and are honored to support you wherever you may be in your healing. If you've lost hope, you've come to the right place. Now, take a slow, deep breath. And let's begin with the Helping Couples Heal podcast. Welcome to the Helping Couples Heal podcast. This is Marnie and I'm here with Dwayne. And we have today a couple with us that are going to share their experiences with our um, online couples community as we are beginning to open enrollment for our second cohort, we thought that the best way for people to get an idea of what to expect with this community would be to have people that are actually in it and experiencing what the community has to offer share their experiences. When we were opening enrollment and launching the first cohort, it was really just Dwayne and I sharing our vision for what the community would look like. We had been planning this and developing it for approximately two years. And we had this wonderful, exciting vision, but we didn't know really how it was going to go. And so everyone that joined really took a risk and and a chance. And I guess somehow trusted us enough to think maybe we really could provide something that would be helpful. So I'd like to take a second to welcome both of you, Corey and Pat, for being here today and sharing some of your experiences with our community. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Yep. Thank you guys for coming on and sharing. I know it's uh, vulnerable to talk about this and to just put it out there, but I think your guys' voices can really help so many other people that they can hear that they're not alone, that they can hear that there's support and there's help. It's just really crucial. So thank you just for being here and your willingness to be vulnerable. So actually, we're we're really grateful um, actually for the podcast because for us, for us, that was a big turning point. We had an opportunity to travel together and we essentially binge listened <laughs> to your podcast last summer. And it was huge. It was, for me, really affirming and healing. And I think it helped you too, Pat. Maybe you could talk about that for a minute. Well, yeah, I guess uh, if you step back a little bit, my addiction was full on uh, and we went to a couples therapy and he didn't really understand the betrayal trauma aspect of the porn addiction. And so you know, we just weren't working. We, you know, it wasn't a connection and there wasn't anything real substantive that was going on. And so we were definitely looking for ways to heal our relationship a lot more than what we were doing. And, you know, as Corey mentioned, we went on a, the traveling trip, relocating trucks. And yeah, it was like, I don't know, like 20 hours of driving. So so we got to listen to a lot. And Corey's like, oh, you know, I, I did hear about this, the helping couples heal podcast and you know you should probably look at it and it's like uh well yeah we'll do that when we get time but you know it was like kind of forced on us 
that you know this is the opportunity the great opportunity just to to binge listen to it and uh you know since then you know we've basically made a commitment that when we're in the car together we're we're listening to helping couples heal uh, pretty much almost all the time so well i'm grateful that you were willing to come on and talk with us cuz i would imagine you're sick of hearing our voices at this point <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> no, <laughs> and we don't actually get a lot of car time, just the two of us. We've got um, teenagers, but we, and he travels a lot. But when we that's what yeah we often listen. So what did you I'm curious specifically what you got that made you invest all that time, right? I imagine that as you were listening, um, you were getting something, something was resonating, which is why you kept listening. Yeah, I guess for me, I never had heard of the betrayal trauma model, you know, before this. And, you know, the therapist that I was going to is like, you know, very much in in that patriarchal, you know, setup that, that you know, are, you, you do probably need to be in your own program, but uh, there's got to be concessions in, in a marriage and, and that sort of thing. And it was just not a healthy situation. And so, you know, we were definitely looking for something else. You know, we started from the, the very beginning of, of the podcast, you know, and, and those first few, it just like really hit home on, you know, how much devastation and, and impact I had on my spouse. And I at that time, I was still in this resentful uh, state where I wasn't thinking of it as, as uh, you know, the impacting her. It was just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I got to stop this because, um, you know, she says it's she doesn't like it. And I wasn't really thinking of it from her perspective. And, and I think that that's one of the things that the, the podcast really helped me understand is uh, I, I like to, well, I don't know if I like to, I, I tend to say things about understanding and rather than an emotional uh, level. And I, I think that, that the Helping Couples Heal podcast, there's a lot of content there, but there's also... Uh, you know, that emotional connection um, that, that really helped me out to understand Corey's perspective. And for me, it was so validating. Like, yes, this hurts because it hurts. <laughs> right. And, you know, also, you know, we'd done, we'd been, we'd started not long because it was just in the spring that we'd both started our own 12-step programs. And those are great. And I, you know, I continue my 12-step work. I love it. I found a lot of support there but can be a little codependent, which can sometimes feel a bit, a bit victim blaming. But you take, you know, I take what works and leave the rest with those programs. Great programs. Um, we would not be where we are today. I firmly believe that without 12 step, but this was just such a great fit, you know, such a great compliment I felt for us um, to add to what we were already doing just really pushed us, like pushed us over the edge, I guess, into couples, you know, what can we do together as a couple? You've got your side of the street, I got my side of the street, and I certainly like that analogy. Yes, we each have our own work to do, but now here was something that we could do together to heal ourselves, heal our relationship. It was fantastic. I always say that if you're only in your side of the street or on your side of the street, but there's been a huge relational rupture because of something that one of the partners did, how do you heal if the person who's hurt you just stays on their side of the street, right? Like if you're on the floor bleeding out and hemorrhaging and crying out for help, right? How do you heal if the person that hurt you is like, well, my role is to just stay on my side of the street. I'm just going to stay in my lane and I'm going to keep going, right? And you could stay back there on the floor. Like that just doesn't work. 
Yeah. Yeah. This is our street. And, and even your trash is blowing yeah, over here. That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> you know? Right. That, that we're really intertwined and we have to have that that perspective of being intertwined to help the relationship, you know, because this relationship is this third entity that has to have care. Yeah. And that was something something you don't really get in particularly like an SNN or an SAASSA program. Well, those programs, they're so effective and they're great in their, you know, in what they're meant to do, but, you know, they're not relational, right? They are very much about the individual. Mm -hmm. That's the purpose of those groups, right? Come in and heal yourself. Let's work on your character defects. Let's look look at you. Um, So they're great that way. And as you said, they're really not relational. So to just use the 12 steps when you're trying to heal the relationship is going to likely lead to a lot of um, frustration um, and not a lot of healing. So I'm curious, so where were the two of you in terms of your relationship and your relational healing at the time that you heard about the online couples community that Helping Couples Heal was getting ready to launch? Yeah, well, I guess... The the big thing was that, that uh, you know we we had our own programs, um, and we have our own therapists that we're working with as well, um, but we didn't have uh, couples um, therapy um, partly because of how bad the first uh, therapy sessions that we had. I mean, it was just not helpful. We recognized that we needed to have something, some level of connectedness within our our coupleship. And, uh, you know, we are in a Couples Anonymous program, and there's a lot of codependency modeling in that. And you can take some of the stuff, but it definitely doesn't resonate with our relationship, I think. Uh, and Corey can talk to more about that. But, you know, where we were at when we saw this community coming up is like, we knew, we knew that we needed something more and we didn't really know what that was. And when we found that, that you guys were doing the community, I think we, you know, it's just like when the advertisement came out, we, it was like, all right, we got to do this right now. <laughs> and we jumped on it. We're like, well, we want this. We want in, we want to be sure we're in. Wow. <laughs> so I think we'd even maybe emailed at one point and said, Hey, is there anything? Because we're in the Midwest and you being based in California was, we really wanted, well, frankly, we really wanted to work with Dwayne <laughs> well, and Marty. <laughs> and, and find, you know, and find that community. Because like Pat said, there's a lot of codependent in RCA. The fellowship is great. We love the people in it. I, it's not something I would, you know, we do one a week meeting. We wouldn't leave that either. But this is for us such a great compliment. Um, and, and kind of going back to where we were in our relationship, so we had just real quick say, um, so back Christmas 2018 was our big D-Day when um, essentially I walked in on him acting out and it all found out all of it. Um, and frankly, it was um, then a couple, about two years of kind of what I would say was false recovery. You know, we just didn't have the right help. Um, a lot of mini D-Days. Um, and then in April of last year, 2021, I don't know if it was exactly a mini D day, but I, I realized I'm like he's 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 using again, um, and I just cannot continue to live with this. This, and I said to him, you know, we've got to get this fixed. You need to get help. 
if there's not progress, I'm out of here by the end of the year. I just, I cannot continue to live like this. And then, like we said, you know, we both started our own programs. Um, and so, but then by the time this announcement came out, uh, we were both in a place, I was in a place where I felt he's got a strong recovery going. Like I am staying, you know, I'm in this relationship. I can trust more or less. I felt I could trust that he's his intentions. Right. If nothing else, you know, recovery is not perfect. This is an addiction we believe for him. Um, but I felt I could trust his intentions were there. His intentions were in the right place. So you could really start to see that his efforts were aligning to heal himself and and maybe heal this relationship, but then not having the tools you needed to be able to do that. Like, okay, well, we see the intention, we we see all this, but we're stuck. We're we don't know where to go. We don't know how to do it. Yeah, because clearly we we need to be a <laughs> using the street analogy. This is our street. How do we work on us? Where do we go now? And how did you know that you guys were ready for this kind of a community? Because you did say a minute ago, Corey, that you knew that he was in recovery. And so you recognized maybe that you were, you. oh, you. so you committed at that point. You were like, okay, I'm in this. What did that look like? How did you know? Because I think a lot of our listeners, that's what they're looking for. They're wanting to know that the person that hurt them is genuinely doing the work right? Consistently and genuinely doing the work so that they can make a decision about moving forward and trying to really heal the relationship. I saw the commitment and the change in so many ways. So um, he travels a lot for work. He made a point. He always kept his therapy appointments. He started with one essay meeting, kept it religiously, and he added to that. So there was that kind of like tangible evidence, I guess I could say. And then also there came to be a certain gentleness, I guess. I don't know how else to say it. Kind of a gentleness in the way we were communicating, the way he was communicating that I think honestly had been, I don't know if it had ever really been there. And it's so, it's really so hard to put your finger on. It's almost like a gut level. Like this, there's a change. This, this is different. That is the shift that pretty much all partners are looking for and, and hoping for and, and really praying for is what you're describing. It's like you said, you can't put your finger on it, but you definitely recognize that there was an inner shift happening within Pat and you were feeling that. Yeah, absolutely. And then when we started the community, I, mean, I guess I'd like to speak to that a little bit. Um, it's almost like all of that just stepped up another level. And I see now, see, our, and our dynamic when our relationship would be, bluntly, me pursuing, I want a relationship, I want connection, and then he, him fleeing, right. <laughs> avoiding, and, and that's almost like literally physically what happened. Right. Yep. <laughs> like, okay, I got to get out of here. Um, and since we started the community, I've seen him, like a conversation will happen that would be maybe emotionally charged. And I was, I have seen him like almost like start to leave the room and then catch himself and go, no. And he's, he's staying with the conversations. He's staying with me in the moment. He's being present. And I also have the tools to more so not to like with nonviolent communication to present things a little differently. Hey, I'm feeling this. I'm able to give feedback in a way that I hope makes him feel like he doesn't want to flee. (laughs) 
hope. Yeah. No, like really, I mean, that's, that's your street, right? Like that's everybody kind of taking their part in the process of healing a, a relationship, making it easier for him to stay by using certain communications, him realizing he's got to flee and then him, you know, staying in, in spite of that, that part of him, that's whatever scared, whatever you can go into, but yeah. And getting the tools to do that. Mm-hmm. So, and then hearing other couples' stories. Oh, go ahead. No, I was actually going to ask about that. I was going to ask. So, what specifically are the elements of the community that are helping you the most, each of you? Because I imagine it's not always the same for a couple. Some some people um, are getting something out of you know one part, one element of the community, and, and the other part of the coupleship is really valuing and getting something out of another. And yet, all of that is still leading to you as a couple moving forward. So for each of you, I'd love to know, what are the elements that are helping deepen your relationship and your connection? When we started out, the community meetings were pri- you know, the primary thing that we were uh, looking at. And each one of them, it's, it's just like you know, they start to go around the room and, and you know, people are sharing their stories. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what, what I was doing um, you know, from the addict side of thing. It's always easier for the addict to to empathize with other people other than you know the people closest to you, and and I think that that was that, that was really helpful to to see you know the dynamic between other couples, and, and seeing oh he's doing the exact same thing that I was doing, and you can see how she's feeling about it. I know Corey's going to feel that same way about it, but I just never have seen that before. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, and then I guess that. You know, to some degree, in accountability, um, you know, we made a commitment to be, you know, active in the forum uh, to make sure that we are, you know, participating in that. And I think that that, you know, making that commitment to participate in something like that rather than flee from it, I, um, that was really hard for me. I guess it still is. You know, you write something down; it's it's there. You know, it's it's there for everybody to see. But I, I know that this place is, is a place that I can be vulnerable and that I, I can share, you know, these things. And if I don't get it right, you know, it's like, well, that's one aspect of it, but we can address it then. And there's some level of comfort that there are people that are on there that, that aren't just going to flame me out, you know, on, on whatever I'm saying, but also, you know, say, all right, your attitude here is not really right. <laughs> right. Or here's this other perspective that you didn't see or can't see, or did you realize like, hey, when you say it this way or that way or do this or do that, like it could be perceived this way. And having somebody else be able to show that to you becomes really powerful. Yeah. And I guess the, the other thing too is, you know, the, the, the logic behind, you know, having everything, you know, kind of piecemealed out. Um, you know, really steps through this whole process of of healing, and I can I you know without those foundational first couple weeks, I don't know that we would be in a position to even though we said we were you know we were like in this recovery together. If we really didn't have that understanding of the right of the way, that I I don't know that 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 we could really be in a place to accept you know what what we're talking about now in the community, right? So for people that are listening and they they don't know anything about the community, what would you tell them about what those foundational first weeks were like? Can you exp- like speak to that so that they understand what you're referring to? Well, I guess uh, partly 
the first couple weeks were pretty chaotic because it was the first cohort. And so, yes, you know, we're like, all right, so how is this really going to work? What is what's going on here? But uh, we felt the yeah. same way. By you, the way. you weren't <laughs> alone in that feeling. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but that was definitely, you know, kind of how is this all going to work? Um, but you know, Dwayne and Marnie say it's going to work. It's going to work. It's, you know, there's going to be something that's going to work. Right. And I, I guess we're, you know, in, in our own programs and, and RCA, we had enough foundation to say, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. And however it's going to turn out, we can learn something from it. But I wasn't anticipating getting into as much understanding of this interaction and the you know, all the, the different aspects that have been presented here. Uh, it's just like been really good um, to hear all the different guests that have come in and, and the different topics that have been discussed. It's all stuff that, you know, it seems like this week I really needed to be talking about or, you know, listening or hearing about that sort of thing and sharing that with Corey too, to really further it along. Well, I think the framework we started with was, as I recall it, like looking at betrayal trauma what is the partner relationship? What is each person's experience? Kind of like, I think emotionally, right? And then we went to communication strategies, which I, you know, I, we really needed. And that's, I think, so far where we've been really focusing in the community. Is on the communication strategies. Yeah, communication. And I do want to say, you know, what one thing that I've really gotten out of the community is, you know, again, coming from that 12-step program, you don't, you know, that whole side of the street thing. Now, I didn't, I wasn't able to hear or privy to hearing other addicts speak. And to to hear that and see that experience kind of gave me two things. It gave me, I got two prizes almost out of it, two beautiful things. And one was hearing other addicts speak or other, other we call them, you know, I think in the community, what is the, what is the terminology we use? Those, you know, those who did the betrayal, Right. The betraying partner. The betraying partner. Um, hearing, hearing that experience and um, makes it feel, it's a very personal thing, the betrayal, but it also almost makes it seem less personal. Okay, you know what? This really wasn't about me. This wasn't because, you know, you hear that and you hear that and you hear that, but then to hear other people talk so similarly and have such similar experiences, like, okay, so this isn't uniquely a me problem. Like, I somehow some flaw, some feeling in me did this, caused this. That so helpful. The other thing was, is helping me gain, interesting, we talk a lot about empathy toward the, the betrayer to the betrayed partner, but it's helped me gain empathy for my partner. So I'm, the, yes, I'm the betrayed partner, but I'm seeing this and hearing these stories and saying, okay, and I had sort of a generalized empathy before, but it's helping me get some granularity. But that's like, okay, this is the experience. This yeah. is, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of shame. Right. Um, wow. You know, what? what's it like to be in that skin? It's helping me with that. Well, we really are very um, selective in bringing people into the community. And when I say selective, what I mean by that is we want to make sure that people are at a place in their own journey and recovery, that they can come in and have the experience, like you said, of being able to develop empathy for the person that hurt them. 
And the reality is, and it makes perfect sense, that in earlier stages of recovery, particularly, for instance, before disclosure has happened and when there's still these trickle truths and little, you mentioned, like mini D-days, it wouldn't make sense for the betrayed partner to be at a place to be able to empathize with the one that's hurt them. Right. So I think it's important as people are listening to this to understand why there is um, sort of this vetting process and why we really want to make sure that people are in the right place to come into the community. Because for this community to be effective, it really does require a certain level of healing prior so that you can come in and be where, where you said you were, Corey, where you had been really unsure based on Pat's um, recovery thus far, you were unsure about whether or not you'd stay in the relationship. You really couldn't commit to it. And then you saw some changes, as we talked about a little while ago, in him, some inner shifts. And then you were able to say, okay, I'm in this. I want to work on this. And that's really the place that we are looking for, for the couples that are going to come into this community. Being able to develop that compassion inside of the betrayal, like I love the analogy, you're on the street and you you have to work together and there has to be understanding, but you have to be at a space to be there and you can grow that. And I think the community, like you said earlier, can really help that because you can see these other people's, you can see it outside of your relationship. You can see someone else's street and you can see how they're cleaning it and you can see how they're working on it. And you can kind of go, oh, I can apply some of that to, to our street and we can do this together, like as a team, and we help each other. And that becomes that foundation that starts to really grow and, and nurture it. And it's like a little plant. You keep watering it and it gets, grows a little bit more. And so that's very exciting to hear. And we, we've we said this before, but to be honest, even though we, we've worked very hard on this 12-month curriculum, and you're experiencing that right in the community calls are based on those topics, and all of the content I think is really important, and I'd love to get your feedback about that in a moment, Corey, as well as Pat. But we created the community based on what we saw in our workshop that we've been doing for a long time, and that is exactly what you were saying before and what Pat said hearing from other couples. So for the betraying partner to hear from other betrayed partners about their experience so that they can listen from a place of um, not feeling that shame that comes up when their own partner is, is the recipient, right, or is speaking and sharing their pain. And then, like you said, specifically as a betrayed partner, to actually be able to listen to the experiences of other betraying partners and developing empathy and hearing things in a different way. And so, in my opinion, the most valuable part of the community would be that experience of connecting with other couples and sharing stories and learning to be vulnerable and more intimate and using those new tools and communication styles and using those tools to go back into your own relationship. But really, it's that experience with the couples that make the difference. So I'm curious about your experience of that, like vers- the, the experience of connecting with couples versus, or in addition to the part of the community that's about the content and what you learn. So on, on the, uh, I'll speak to the betrayed partner side for a moment. And that one thing that I found very helpful was, um, I'm just going to talk about kind of porn addiction as a subset of maybe sex addiction, because sometimes particularly again in 12-step community, you can feel a little bit 
if, if I'm going to use this, this phrase that I hate, if your spouse was just acting out with porn, you can feel um, <laughs> almost like your experience wasn't as hurtful or as damaging. And, and there might be some truth to that. So in the 12-step community, you can feel a little bit like um, that experience as someone who's been betrayed by porn use is maybe less valid. I mean, people don't say that, but it can feel that way. And in this community, one thing we found is there's a fairly good group of people who have um, experienced both in-person acting out mostly or, or entirely, and then a group where it's been um, exclusively what I would call virtual acting out because right. we know there's all different kinds of forums <laughs> you can find to act out it with now. And it has been very validating to say this pain of being betrayed by porn alone, if you will, is very hurtful and very painful. It's right under your nose. I mean, there are people in the community whose partners have been acting out with them in bed while they're asleep and didn't even know it. You know, and this is very personal. It's And it's just always everywhere. That I found really validating. Um, the other thing that I've noticed, and I know other betrayers kind of coming alongside, will see someone post something that's, oh, maybe it was triggering, or maybe you can tell, oh, this isn't healthy. And I've seen others come alongside that person and say, hey, you know, even in chat, hey, what about this? Or have you thought about that? And being able to empathize and identify with what's happening kind of on these almost two parallel tracks. And, you know, I can post something and I'll get betrayers and betrayeds responding and reflecting. And then my partner will get the same. And it's so you're yeah. kind of getting yeah. both sides and the together, if that makes sense. I think it took a little bit of time for the betrayers to be willing to take the risk. You know, at the beginning, I was noticing a lot of the betrayed partners sharing very openly, but there was a real reticence, I think, on the part of the ones who've betrayed um, to come forward. And one of our, the moderators of that forum is one of our coaches, Chris, and he started to sort of put prompts out there to gently encourage the people that have betrayed their spouses to come in and be more active and participate. And it's been amazing to see that because the support that's there right? Like I look at this community and I'm always amazed by how supportive everyone is of each other, even, even when they're calling other people out. And when I say that, I don't mean in a mean way I, or a degrading way or berating way. I mean, when they're challenging distorted thinking, for instance, it's still done in a very supportive, loving way. And that I just love because if it wasn't done in that way, people are not going to really feel comfortable sharing openly, right? And being vulnerable. Well, and I appreciate it. I know there was a short, really short period of time where some things had kind of gotten a little, maybe heated. Maybe some of the responses weren't as safe as we would like. And I really appreciated that our attention was called to that, hey, community, this is a safe place, that we were kind of called back in. That was great. And that's our goal um, as the people that are moderating this whole experience is to make sure it stays safe. And so if that means that at some point we're going to have to remove a couple or couples from the community because it's taking away from that feeling of safety for everyone, we're willing to do that. It's not something we want to do, but I'm saying that because I want anyone who's listening to understand that 
that is a priority for us, right? It has to remain a safe space, a sacred space that people can feel like they want to participate because this is not a community for people who are going to sit back and not participate. It's okay to feel scared. Like Pat was saying before, he was scared. It was definitely scary to put something in writing and know that it's out there. So despite how scary it is, we need everybody to still be willing to take that risk and participate. Without the participation, it's not a community. Yeah. And it's through community that I really feel we heal. I have this saying, I don't know where I got it, but it's, uh, we heal through the eyes of others. We need other people to help us on this journey. And a community does that because we can see all these things that we'd never be able to see. We can have people point out stuff to us that we would never see in our own system, right? We just can't, it's just the way we're wired. And so the community provides this space, this tool to do all that. And um, it's exciting to to see that happen and to uh, watch it grow and the amazing people in it. This is truly one of the most... Um what feels like the greatest accomplishment for me professionally. And when I say accomplishment, that, that might not even be the right word. It feels the most rewarding because what we're seeing is so much healing happening so consistently, right? Because it's it's sort of like an intensive experience, right? It's not like you come in once a week. It is a constant, consistent communication amongst the members. And then we have, you know, there's two calls, two live calls every week. So there's so much happening all the time. So the part that's so exciting for me when I get on and I'm reading is just seeing these moments of healing and little breakthroughs happening all the time. And I love that. And I am excited about bringing on another cohort. I think that, of course, there's going to be an adjustment and there's going to be this transition that happens as a new group starts to form, right, with the existing members. But I think it's only going to get better and better. But I did want to circle back and ask you, Corey, as we're sort of nearing the hour and we're going to have to wrap up soon, how do you feel your relationship with Pat has changed since you've joined the community? Do you feel a greater sense of connection? Do you feel that your connection has deepened? Do you feel safer to have conversations with each other sort of outside of a therapeutic setting? I'm wondering really ultimately how things are getting better for the two of you. I know that that it's not cured. It's been three months. But just to get an idea of what you're getting. It does feel that we can have safer conversations. Definitely before, you know, there were things I just would, I would be afraid to, oh, what if I trigger him? Right? Or am I, frankly, am I off my side of the street? (laughs) Things like that. And so we have... Now we have is more of a, hmm, like almost like we're operating from the same set of rules. <laughs> like we're getting the same kind of information. We're talking about nonviolent communication. Um, in fact, we were on vacation last week and a lot of car time, <laughs> you know, and that's usually great and relaxing, but also it's a lot of time. And we had a conflict over something absolutely silly. And it was starting to get kind of elevated and it was just like, whoa, we need to do, I don't know which one of us even said, whoa, nonviolent communication. And we both we were just like, step back, 
And at one point, he even <laughs> said to me, I, I don't know how to do that. And then he actually did. <laughs> kind of took a breath, and then he started to do it, you know, and we were, and so it ended up being a much healthier conversation. We were able to get through this silly, silly, silly conflict by using the tools. And we had the same tools. We When, when one of us said nonviolent communication, it was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. that, that's the tool we need to pull yeah. out right now. <laughs> yeah. And getting them, because you, you guys are doing it as, as, a, as a team. I always like to say, like, I love when couples move from that kind of individual space on their side of the street and they become a team and they start to work on all of this together as a unit. You know, like we can do this together. We can get through this argument that we're having or this disagreement, even if it's silly. You know, we can have such arguments over such silly things, but but they're really not. I mean, they they have deeper meanings to us and stuff like that. But we use these tools, but we're on the same team to solve this argument, even though we each have a piece of the argument. I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, it's 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 great to see that. And we can actually feel more connected and closer after using those skills in an effective way, right, to navigate those kind of silly issues or silly arguments and more serious arguments. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, right. Exactly. It's good to have those silly ones because they're practiced for the more serious ones. <laughs> but, you know, one thing, you know, I was able to see, and I think we were both able to see, this is a bid for connection. You know, it was, he wanted to help me with something I didn't need help with. Right. You know, and then he was feeling rejected. And I was like, you're all over my stuff. And <laughs> like, oh, this, we're both, this is, we're having an argument because we care about each other. It's a bid for connection. Yeah. Wow. That's great that you guys could <laughs> see that. Otherwise, you wouldn't even have an argument. Yeah. <laughs> so great that you were able to see that, right? That even in the midst of this argument, you had the insight and awareness to be able to recognize that. Yeah. I think that's really wonderful. And you're never going to get that in individual work. Yeah, absolutely. It has to happen together. It has to happen in that moment. And you have to be able to watch each other and be in that space. And I think that's why I, I love this community so much is because it helps that happen in a safe way, right? In in steps. And um, so you can kind of get the tools. You can slowly do it and practice it and get better and better at it. And that just pays off dividends. Um, because even after we heal betrayal trauma, even after we get through our stuff, life shows up with hard things and we have to have the skills to navigate it as a team when we're in a relationship. And so that's wonderful to hear. And i just like to share one quick thing. I know we're probably getting close to running out of time, but for those that are entering the second cohort, um, you know, the first few weeks, we learn about betrayal trauma. They can be, frankly, they can be tough. It's tough. I mean, you know, for Pat and I, we were a good way, I felt, you know, into doing our healing. But we had to look at that together. And it did sort of, it definitely reopened some things. But we needed to look at those together. So I just encourage people who might, you know, oh, this is rough, rough, rough. <laughs> Those first few weeks, yep, you know, it probably it probably is going to be rough, but it's like so many things, you know, you just, you get through it, you push through it, you learn together, and then there's, you know, you kind of get over the other side of that, like, what is the mountain analogy, right? Now we've climbed this mountain, oh, yuck, that all looks right. terrible, ouch. Absolutely. Right, now we have to look at it together, then we have a shared reality. I, I have a quote 
that's on my, um, I think it's in the signature of my email or it's on my website. And it says the only way around is through. And I really feel like that speaks to what you were just talking about. Like as hard as that was at the beginning and it opened up wounds from the past or maybe just stirred stuff up again. I think that that's a um, kind of a necessary experience to have in the coupleship, right? In order to heal the relationship. Um, And I do want to say for the those considering coming into the new cohort, they're not going to be starting at the same place you did. Like when they come in, they're going to be at the same part of the curriculum that everybody else is in. So on some level, to be honest, it's going to be a little bit easier because the topic of trauma and betrayal trauma, um, we've moved forward from those. Although the people from the new cohort, of course, will have access to seeing those calls and getting the information. But really the focus, I I believe the focus is going to be on attachment when the new cohort starts in September. Absolutely. Very excited about that stuff. Well, we wanted to get some of Patrick's view of the community and what's been for him. Unfortunately, he had an internet connection issue, so we were unable to get his whole statement. But Corey, we'd love to ask you any of your last thoughts on the community and what you'd want other people to know about the community. And hopefully we'll get Patrick later and he can share uh, the other side of it and what works for him and what's been helping him. But we'd love to hear what you have to say. Oh, sure. Definitely. Um, Because I'd just like people to know that getting into community like this can feel a little scary. But um, I found it, and I think, you know, if I can speak for Pat too, we found it um, really a safe place to get affirmed um, and to frankly process a lot of this in this kind of safe, um, you know, a moderated setting. So I would highly recommend if you have the chance and can make that kind of commitment to just take the leap. Thank you so much, Corey, for coming on and sharing. And both Patrick, and I'm sorry, Patrick, that your internet isn't working for us uh, so you can't share your side. But just thank you both for being vulnerable to take the risk to come into the community. And then also the courage to share that with other people out there struggling. I mean, there's so many people that just need to know that there's help and there's support and there is a way through all of this. So thank you so much for coming on. Yep, and I do remember those early days that absolute, even early months, that aloneness and being so desperate, trying to find help that you just don't know where to find. And wow, you know, honestly, what a blessing helping couples heal has been for us. Thank you so much. It's interesting that you just said that you talked about the aloneness a second ago and in preparing for our webinar to talk about the community with interested people, that's exactly what we're focusing on. We're focusing on the feeling of aloneness and isolation that is often experienced before people are able to find a safe place to share. So true. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Helping Couples Heal podcast. We just appreciate everyone out there and all the support that we're getting for in doing this community and, and everything like that. We just appreciate everyone uh, listening. Thank you so much. We'll see you in the community. Thank you for listening to the Helping Couples Heal podcast, where your healing is the number one priority. If you'd like additional resources about betrayal trauma or to learn more about the workshop, please visit helpingcouplesheal.com. 
If you're finding the podcast helpful, please support Marnie and Dwayne in continuing to reach others impacted by betrayal trauma by leaving a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast with someone you care about. Once again, thank you for listening. We're grateful for your trust and look forward to continuing to support you on your journey of healing. Thank you.